Hello, this is Roger Bisbee from Skill Builder, and we're back with podcast number seven. One of the comments, or one of the ones that reoccurs, is people say, it's all very well us listening to you guys and, and reading the other comments from professional builders. How do we find professional builders? How do we find good tradespeople to work for us? So this is from the general public's point of view. So we thought it would be quite useful to tell what we think is a good way of finding a good builder or tradesman? Well, we'll just have a discussion about it. We might not come up with the definitive answer because I think depending on where you are, this is going to be different. Some places you got you live in a village, you've got a little local guy. He does everything for everybody. True. Might even be the undertaker as well. That used to be a thing, didn't it? It Back did. Back in the day. Builder stroke undertaker. So there you are. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> if you're not lucky enough, if you're living in the urban jungle, if you're living somewhere where... It's dog-eat-dog, if you like, then you might have to just take your chances a bit more. Or you've drawn a blank, so you're making phone calls and no one's coming back to you, or you're looking at the, uh, the directory or nowadays on the internet, and you don't even know what to search for. You think you need a bit of work done in the garden, you need a bit of, do I need a landscape gardener, do I need a general builder? And it's kind of having this kind of like knowledge and packaging it up. Yeah. So straight away, people might direct you towards these sort of like branded um, internet type operations and um, there's well, the bigger companies yeah yeah so so like recommendation portals for example oh, so okay. you might go into a recommendation portal put in your job put in your budget and then they'll sell those leads on to builders and all the rest of it who are paying them a commission so basically that's one way and that's a lot a lot of people do find builders like that but yeah. I, I want to try to steer my opinion away from that because okay. I'm not a lover of that I've never personally done it um, because I've seen the quality of work of some people who claim to be in these organisations and I think to myself, my goodness me, I mean it's being qualified by the client, the client hasn't got a clue that they've just had a terribly paved drive done, do you know what I mean? I know that it's not a good drive. But anyway, I will give you a little anecdote about um, a bit of advice I gave to one of my um, good friends yesterday. She phoned me and asked if I had a painter to paint some eggshell handmade cupboards. And straight away I said to her, Sandra, I have some really good painters who work with me um, on a subcontract basis or a recommendation basis, but they're so busy at the moment that I'm definitely not gonna recommend them to you because they might come to you before they come to me. Mm. I said, so I can't help you in the short term. But what I can do is if I'm stuck and I need to find a new tradesman or someone like that, let's say I'm working out of area and I need to find a bricklayer or I need to find a ground worker or someone like that, there's lots of ways I go about that. So I might go into the local builders merchants in the town and I might say I'm sort of in the area, I'm gonna be here for six or eight weeks doing a project. Can you tell me if there's any really good local bricklayers who come in here who I might be able to contact? So that's a really good place to start. So in Sandra's case, go to the local painting shop, painting and decorator shop and say, you know, I'd like to, um, do you know any guys who really like doing this kind of work? They give you a number or whatever. You can then phone them and say, oh, so-and-so, Steve from the painting shop, give me your number. So there's a little bit of a connection there already. And then, it's because it's actually quite hard to actually get people through the door in the first place at the moment, especially down yeah. south. Yeah, so, I mean, if they're, if they're busy, if they're not busy, you should be worried. If they are busy, then you've got to, you've got to join the and, queue, haven't you? I mean, and it worked for me. I did a big job in Henley-on-Thames, and none of my sort of recommend, my sort of team really, really wanted to go over there. I took it because I was desperate for work sort of thing. It was a big job to do. Mm. And um, I went up there, and I spent a whole day doing a recce, and I saw a new house being built and a beautiful fence being put around it. And mm. I went and had a chat 
to the guy doing the fence. And he said, do you paint walls? And I said, no, I don't. Do you paint covers? No. And he said to me, oh, yeah, if you want a groundworker, you need to speak to so-and-so. And I spoke to this guy. The guy came on the same day to meet me on site to look at the works he was passing. And he introduced me to a fabulous bricklayer, a guy called Ian, who I I'm still him. in touch. Yeah, I met him at Tall you Fair. You met Ian yeah, at yeah. Tall Fair, yeah. Is that funny? Yeah. And um, he he introduced me to Ian. Ian introduced me to um, a scaffolder, and I all of a sudden I had an amazing little network of fantastic tradesmen. But I'm lucky enough to know, you know, the standard that I like and be able to talk that language. I think this is another problem for the general public if you're trying to find a builder, is talking the language and not feeling intimidated by what you need to say. So if you've got an architect's drawing, that's a good start because that kind of is going to be speaking the language. You can table that and say, I need a price for this or whatever. Or sometimes if you've put planning in, you might already have builders writing to you, which is quite popular in the oh, southeast yeah, of England. Yeah, all the time. You might get 10 letters and it's just a marketing tactic. And mm. some of those companies are fantastic companies as well. Mm. And they need to do that to grow their businesses. So it's worth talking to those guys or looking at their websites and all the rest of it and seeing what they've done or even going around and looking at some of the work, for yeah. example. Yeah. So the obvious one is recommendation, Roger. We talk about recommendation a lot. Well, that's what some of these sites are, recommendation sites, aren't they? And, and as you get more and more recommendations, a bit like TripAdvisor, the same sort of idea, and they've got these things where you rate somebody and they go up the scale, so somebody ends up being highly rated, yeah. and sometimes that's gamed. And I've got to say, I mean, you know, we'll, let's look at somebody like Checkertrade, for example. Now, Checkertrade have obviously got a big high profile out there, and I would say that Checkertrade, you know, it's a good idea, they're doing a good job as far as they go, but I'm not sure that they pursue the people that are just fakes. In other words, they're not even members of Checker Trade. They're just driving around with a Checker Trade sticker mm. on the side of their van, pretending mm. to be in Checker Trade to get the work. And I would say that sometimes, and, and this has become more and more prevalent, is that if someone's got this fantastically signed written van, it's all vinyl up, you know, they might have a lovely patio on it and, you know, mm. beautiful looking house and it says landscape, gardeners, driverless, all the rest of it, run a mile from them. Especially if all they've got is a, a mobile phone number because it seems to me that, you know, no, anybody can go out and buy some vinyls now and, and get a pretty picture on the side of a van. Doesn't mean a thing, you know, they're not necessarily a good company and uh, they roam around getting getting this work like that. So so beware if if they got checker trade written on the side of their van, don't take their word for it. Check with checker trade whether they are actually mm. a member. Find out where they live. You really need an address. You can't just work on a phone number. And you really got to start doing a little bit of work because you get these guys in there, and it goes wrong. They are nasty people to have anything to do with you know, people say oh my goodness i never knew this would you know this is a nightmare this mm. person is intimidating me they've turned really nasty on me and they just want to be a thousand miles away from it and i funny enough i just give you a little anecdote as well years ago as if it doesn't happen to tradesmen but it happened to me i was doing a job a plumbing job and i was working with a guy at that time another plumber so i'd been out and done this emergency call the leak had brought the ceiling down now it was an artex ceiling and you know artex ceilings they tend to hold the water for quite a long time mm. until they go mm. and then when they go they bring a big big area down don't they so i said to him do you know what patching artex is very very hard mm. i said you're probably looking at boarding the whole mm. thing down and um i said um 
you're probably better off getting a new board and, and having it plastered through. So he said, do you know a plasterer? And I said, well, I know a few. I see where they... And again, it's this thing, they're all busy, you know? Mm. So I was talking to my plumber mate, you know, and I said, oh, I've just been done this job. He's looking for a plasterer. I didn't hear any more about it. So, so then I got this phone call from this guy, the, the customer I'd worked for. And he said, um, your plasterer turned up. And I said, hang on, my plasterer? He said, yeah, yeah, you were, he was recommended by you, you know, and so on. He's taken 500 quid deposit for the materials from me. This is in cash. Because it was trusted because he came yeah, from yeah. me, you see. Yeah. So, and he went off and he's got a few bits and pieces. He said, and, uh, now the police have come and they've just taken him away in a police car. <laughs> I said, what? I don't understand this. I never put a plaster on to you, you yeah. know. And then it turns out it was my mate, my plumber mate. Oh, right. I met this guy in a pub. Right. And this guy had said to him, oh, I'm a plaster. He said, oh, we've got a job for you. And they'd given him this bloke's contact details. Anyway, so this guy was completely unknown to me. So I went down to the local police station and I said to the policeman by the desk, I said, have you got a plaster? Have you just taken a plaster off such and such an estate here? And so he stood there, folded his arms. He said, why do you want to know? What's it, you know, like, he was really hostile towards me. And I said, look, mate, I said, he's taken 500 quid from his customer, mm. from my customer. <laughs> You've taken him away. I said, I don't know what he's done. It seems like, you know, obviously, he must be up to some no good. And, and uh, I said, I just don't want to go. I want the 500 quid back. And obviously, I don't want him back, you know, on the site. So he said to me, oh, no, no. He said, he's a good plasterer. <laughs> I said, and he said, yeah, he did my front room. Joking. And I said, you're, you're kidding me. And I said, so what have you got him in for, if I can ask that? And he said, oh, he just nicked a car. He's just taken and driving away. So this guy, that he'd got a day's work as a plasterer, he'd gone and stolen a car from a neighbour right. to use as his transport to get to work and wow. get his materials on site. I mean, I thought, this is a nightmare. You know? So I said, look, I don't want this guy back. I said, he's just useless, you know. And he went, no, 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 he'd be fine. Honestly, his work's good. So I went, all right, so... I said, can you tell me when, when you're going to take... He said, he'd be out in about another hour or so. I said, right. So I went and waited outside the police yeah. station. This guy came out. I nabbed him, got him in the van. I said, right, you are coming back to this job and I'm going to stand there and watch you do it till it's finished. But honestly, I said, never again, you know. And that was, I just fell into that situation, nightmare situation. The customer was obviously thinking, all the dodgy people I know. And I did explain to the customer that it was a bit of a risk, but yeah. He did actually do a good job in the end, oddly enough. It was a good skim, you know, but, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, so I'm really, really nervous about having anything to do with tradesmen. You know, if I don't know them and I mm. know them really, really well, even I am, am just, you know, nervous as hell, really. Mm. I mean, so the other way of finding people is if you see people working in your street, you can sometimes go and chat to them informally yeah. and sort of see how you get along or if you see the work that's being done and you like the look of it or the way that people are, are dealing with the customer and it's nice and tidy, that's always also another good way of doing it or a signboard, you can get people, you know, mm. finding a tradesman like that. But quite often, um, trade associations are a good place to look and just go on Google now and you could put, if you're looking for a carpenter, you could put in... Um, Carpentry Trade Association, and it might direct you to, say, the Institute of Carpenters. They only have about three and a half thousand members, considering there's about probably 50 or 60 or 70,000 carpenters in the southeast. Um, 
you know, it's not a very big representation. The Guild of Master Craftsmen's another yeah, one, which is yeah. a bit of a broad brush, um, covers all kinds of discipline. So you can go to these trade associations as well, but you still got to go through the same process of calling the people, trying to get them through the door, because mm. people will say in the comments, it's just a nightmare trying to get anyone to come and have a look at my work, sort yeah. of thing, you know? Well, um, I was in the Institute of Plumbing for years, you know, and that was a great source of, you know, recommendations recommendations all the time from people you know looking and they go onto the institute of plumbing has now become the institute of plumbing heat and engineers whatever now mm. but same idea you know and again it was a tiny number of people that were in it if you think of all the plumbers out there the number of guys who were willing mm. to put themselves through that kind of you know jump through the hoops be assessed to get mm. themselves on that register and and keep up their continual professional development mm go on courses and so on it's an onerous thing isn't it and actually if you're getting loads of work why would you want to put yourself through that you know and, and join one of these federations if it's a bit of a shame in a way because abroad you know as we spoke before about mm. you know in certain countries where tradesmen are really they, they've got a much higher status everybody is in those associations everybody's yeah. a member of something and uh, they have to be in order to work so yeah, so I, I hesitate to say that we should have that because we got it with gas safe and all the rest of it, and it doesn't necessarily achieve what you want it to achieve. Yeah. But. And another interesting point to viewers out there when they say they want to find a builder, well, actually, the term builder, mm. you can't go and get qualified as a builder. The only building qualifications are probably the next level up from the domestic market is for where you might become a chartered builder, for example. Yeah. So someone um, who goes to university and learns all things building from project management and all the rest of it. But they don't tend to delve back into the domestic market. If they do, it's more at the higher end. And um, because of the way that they are schooled, if you like, not necessarily tradesmen, but a lot of builders small sort of builders were tradesmen to start with so it might be they might be strong on carpentry because the founder was a carpenter or equally they might be strong on brickwork and foundations because the founder was a brickwork or it could be a ground worker that's expanded into mm. doing the whole job for people mm. and most of the building companies or tradespeople out there work on a sort of cooperative basis with other tradesmen so you'll find that they can scale up and scale down to suit your job so it's not unusual to get in a building company and you say oh you know have you how many employees have you got it's not unusual for them to say well actually i don't have any employees but what i do have is subcontractors and that's totally normal so don't get if you're out there and you're thinking oh i want a company who have got all their own employees there are some companies with all their own employees mm. but not many quite a lot of building operations small domestic building operations to make it economical for the general public and to make sure that it's sort of cost effective to trade you find you might have a sole trader who can take on some big work because he's got a good network and he manages a good network of people in his umbrella mm. of you know ground workers scaffolders bricklayers and so on and so forth so that is quite normal so don't get off put by that because I know sometimes people think oh no he's got all his own painters and the rest of it because generally speaking it's a it's a group it's a cooperative and that's how we operate sort of as well that's how mm. I've operated as I said I do a lot of project management and I can do that on just a day work basis or whatever and then I can introduce people as well it's quite nice and easy like that it's interesting isn't it because although there is that you know I, I do know some good building firms who have about half a dozen vans keep about half a dozen guys on the books different <laughs> trades mm. and do work very very well like that 
and uh, have got enough work to mm. to put those guys on the cards and keep it going and uh, they do fantastic work mm. you know i'd recommend them to anybody they, they they're in and out in no time they specialize in actually just getting that job done and mm. being finished and and out the door which for a lot of people you were talking about you know in one of our previous podcasts you know that six week period where people start to have a, a nervous breakdown they want to see the builders gone and uh, they aim to be in and out you know yeah, yeah. and get that job done as fast as they possibly can yeah and that is to do with a lot of having good people on on tap yeah but also to do with really good organization and it's not just about the skills it's about have you got somebody who's organised who yeah. can can carry the job through? Managing lead times, for example, because every every set of um, every building extension has a set of bifolds now. Well, generally speaking, there are some manufacturers up and down the country mm. can turn them round in three days because you need to physically build, measure the aperture, work out your floor level. So there's some complications. Trying to pre-order those mm. and work the building outs around them sometimes doesn't work. So yeah, you're right. With the right organisation or the right um, ingredients on the project then yeah. you can do, do it. Do you know what? I've got a job at the moment, which is just to digress, which is just exactly that, where I got the guys to do the measurements <coughs> based on my marks and uh, hadn't got the screed in. And the screed came in and I put the screed on my marks. Then when the doors came to fit too low okay. and there's not enough room on the lintel. Oh, no. And I'm going, what do I do? And I just thought, I'm going to have an argument with these guys. And they're going, oh, well. And honestly, I, there's no way around it now. As I say, look, that's the mark where I wanted that. But... I just think, ah, oh, falling into it again. Every time you get somebody else to do it, and like you say, the way to have done it is to have finished the floor level yeah. there and then just say, right, stick your your doors in. But, you know, they're doing it all day long and you think they get it right, but it's now the only solution I can think is either scrap those doors or lift the lintel. And mm. I think I'm going to lift the lintel now, Blimey. you know. It's only got to go up by... 30 millimetres, yeah. but that 30 millimetres is the step that I didn't want. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted a level threshold going all the way through, and it just bugs the life out of me. But, yeah, the stupid little thing. That's a digression, but yeah. you just, you know, years and years in the trade, and you still fall into these these traps, don't you? <clears throat> yeah, but it must be really daunting for the general public to actually, you know, build relationships with people. And I know that once people do build a relationship with you, they tend to stick with you as That's well. What you want. So it works well for the trade as well. So if you're yeah. a builder watching this or a, or a tradesman, generally speaking, once you do form these relationships with people, these these are lifelong relationships in a lot yeah. of cases. Yeah. And you might be working for them now, then you might work for their children in the future. That's it. Or grow old with your customers. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. That is absolutely the best way, isn't it? And you look at we we do get communications from guys saying, you know, I'm watching the channel and everything else, and they they say. I'm a small builder, I've got about a dozen clients, mm. customers, and that's mm. enough for them, mm. you know, main, you know, yeah. people that they do everything for. And then it may be a question of them actually coming in and doing every single job mm. themselves on a bill, which is fantastic. I love all that, really. Quite a lot of the time when, when you're looking for people as well, you imagine if they're, not bu if they're busy, they're good. Um, if they're not busy, they're not good. Well, that's not actually the case because a lot of craftspeople and builders that's what they are they're builders and craftsmen and artisans and that comes before marketing that comes before sales and the rest of it so they tend to never know what they go going going on next week but they're always busy it always just sort of flows along it flows along yeah. so there will be times where you can get a recommendation they might be able to start in two weeks time it's just because that's the way they operate it's sort of a just-in-time basis it just <laughs> seems to be how they operate so um don't be put off either if you've got someone who can start pretty quickly as well 
because I know that some people are put off by I, that. I am generally. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I always, I'm always a little bit suspicious. Put it that way. If they say they could turn up next week, I thought, why is that? You got no mm-hmm. work. So, so yeah. So I would probably ask them. So oh, you, you know, and if they said to me, well, this job's fallen through, or that job's not ready, mm-hmm. or the bifolds haven't mm-hmm. arrived, so I've got a couple of spare weeks where I can come in and do mm-hmm. your job. I fully understand that, but mm-hmm. I want to hear it. But I think generally, if we were talking about finding a good tradesman, and we're not, let's not talk about just builders, but plumbers, electricians, mm-hmm. whatever it is you're trying to find the recommendation from somebody else who's used them is got to be the best way but if you if you live in a, a, a town a city you know you live in london you don't even know your neighbor you don't know anybody locally and let's face it the concept of local builders in london you know they're all coming in from outside yeah. anyway aren't they driving in from essex or no, whatever yeah builders living, so. can't afford to live in central london so so <laughs> there you've got a disconnect straight away haven't you you don't have your local person that mm. is you know known to the village or whatever else and and does everybody's work you know and obviously the internet is our friend now so you can you can sort of search people out and you can look at their web page if they've got a web page which is quite useful see pictures of previous works mm. as well which is quite useful i know that um when i do get people contacting me via the internet they've looked at my stuff and they've looked at every single picture and they yeah. will say oh i saw that i saw that you did that yeah. and i think that's fantastic so it's worth as a builder as well is having a little simple web page something which works on the mobile devices as well it's not majorly expensive now no no, no you can do it <laughs> a website is a very very easy and good thing to do and i would recommend anyone that's doing one again we're going back to tradesmen get the spelling right get everything done don't if you if it's not your forte then get somebody else to do it because there's nothing worse than seeing a badly put together website yeah which misspelled and everything's wrong with it so if you're going to do it invest a little bit of time and money in it and get a good job done but equally from the customer's point of view they're more persuaded if they see somebody that's got at least a at least the sort of um, the appearance of a professional company yeah i mean um we will definitely be touching on this if you're a builder watching this and you're talk- thinking about e-commerce and a website and what do you need to do marketing we're, i'm definitely gonna, I, I love marketing and I'm definitely going to do something on that in the future. Okay. All right. Well, look, I, I would, you know, again, there's no magic solution to finding a good tradesman, but um, I wouldn't say, from my point of view, I'd say don't just be fooled by all those those websites out there that recommend and, you know, they're proved because some of them are just complete scams. So ask around, you know. I'll tell you what I'd like to see. I'd like to see a television program, you know, like these dating sites they have where people go on a television and they find a partner. It'd be great, wouldn't it, if you had a customer and a builder and you had three builders in there. And it probably exists, that program, already, actually. Yeah, it'd be quite interesting. I don't watch television. It'd be like, um, what, what could you call it? What, a dating show for builders and clients? Yeah, I don't know. Ouch. <laughs> disaster it could be called disaster area or something like that so anybody that's listening to this on the podcast and uh, they want to know what we look like they fancy having a look seeing the faces behind the voices don't forget it might be a bit of a shock for you but you can see us on our youtube channel skill builder youtube channel thanks very much for listening come back again soon we've got more podcasts more other interesting things on skill builder coming up so whether you want practical instruction or advice or just a bit of company just somebody to listen to on a quiet evening we are men thanks very much